sermon time, okay? Because I got a lot to share, and it'll take an hour. Uh, we'll sing that last song, oh my peace, okay? So in the, in this day, in this day that we're living in, um, everything seems to be revolving around the changes in the church, and. Um, <clears throat> I was reading a devotion, and it, and it said to me, it didn't say it in the devotion, but it said to me as I was reading it, um, how do we become a church that people would respect? Um, I think for generations, this church has been that. Long before I came here, um, I knew who you were as a church, as in this United Methodist Conference in East Ohio, you were known as a church who cared. Um, You were known as a church who um, focused in on Jesus Christ. You were were known as a church that people um, in this conference um, respected. I was reading that devotion. It was talking about the demands that, that Christ puts on us always to be imitators of of God, of his Father. And um, I think we're all called to do that. Um, all who pro- profess Christ as Lord and Savior, um, we are to do our best to seek. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, become like me. And I think that's a mandate that we can't um, negate and put away. I think it's something that Involves um, not just mouth recognition, but also actions. I think it's, it's what brings us to the point that we're at today of saying one thing and not doing anything about it. And the bad part of it is, is, is um, it's hard to find um, a church that uh, um, most people go to the church that they're, first of all, comfortable with, but also because they respect it and the people that are there. Okay, so today I want to look at um, some characteristics of the church, and it starts here in this in this Psalm um, one nineteen or one twelve, um, verse nine. If you have your your Bibles, turn to that, um, folks at home especially, um, um, out in the parking lot. And here, I wish we'd bring our. I wish I could hear everybody turn in the Psalm one nineteen uh, or one twelve, verse nine. Uh, this verse here talks about the responsibility of the church to um, um, earn that respect that, that we need in this community and that you have in this community and that I hope you keep in this community. It goes like this. Um, they share freely, the church. They share freely and they give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. I like that. You know, um, I hope when I die, they won't stand up there and say, oh, does he look good? (laughs) (laughs) But I hope they they remember the good things, you know? All the bad things, I hope, get wiped away. And, of course, 
you won't be walking by me anyway, so praise God for that. But anyways, their good deeds will be remembered forever. The things that we do for the glory of God, in other words, as a church, will be remembered forever. And, and I think we could go back in, in, in your history and you would see that. You would see that in the foundations of where we are standing on, that they were remembered because of their good deeds. And because they share freely, because they have these good deeds, then it says, the scripture says, they will have influence and honor. Praise God. This is, I think, the word of God for all of his people today. Thanks be to God. Well, I want you to know, to be a church of integrity, to be a church that people um, respect, to be a church that people want to come to, um, just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. There's, there's qualities, there's characteristics in a church that, um, that um, needs to be there. Uh, Phyllis and I have been to a lot of churches, and, and sometimes um, we have um, got up in the middle of some worship services and left because um, it was obvious they weren't there to worship Jesus and to worship God and to worship the Holy Spirit. I, I remember... Uh, being a mentor for several hundred people in these past few years, and and um, I went to watch a, a and worship with a um, uh, a young pastor to be, and and um, and and to hear them um, go through the process of liturgy, and um, and be there to worship, but be there also to evaluate. And on every line of the bulletin, I put down, where's Jesus at here? Where's Jesus at in this one? And, um, <laughs> and uh, she was a little put off with it. It was a lady pastor. And I said, well, Jesus never showed up as far as they're concerned there because you said you were going to do everything that um, was going to happen in that church. I said, you said you were going to take care of those people that had cancer. You were going to take care of the finances of the church. You were going to do all this. And I said, honey, I'm sorry, but you're not going to do any of it. Only Jesus can do it. And I said, the moment you start putting Jesus into this, I think people will come back that haven't been there for a while. You know? Because if you come to see the Floyd show, you're going to be disappointed desperately. But if you come to see Jesus then it changes everything, and it changes our hearts, and it causes us to want to respond to that. So I want to give you, I want to give to you um, five characteristics that I think makes a church, helps a church become, helps a church become the church that people respect. And if you want to turn to Proverbs, I'm going to use um, five scriptures from Proverbs, and we'll run, run around in Proverbs and see what it says. The first one is Proverbs 17.7. Um, respected people, um, if you want to hear this verse of it, respected people do not tell, li- tell falsehoods. They don't lie. So the first thing that I think that um, characteristic that we need to have is called integrity. We need to be a church that says, um, um, and that does what it says and doesn't lie about it. It doesn't say one thing and then do something else, in other words. And we're in that state today, I think, in the United Methodist Church. We say one thing, but do totally the opposite. Um, The New King James Version says, Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. I like that. 
was Dwight L. Moody, said it many, many years ago. He said, integrity is nothing more than um, who you are. Isn't that what he said? Who you are. Integrity is nothing more than who you are when nobody's around. You know? And that's what the church is. I think uh, our character is um, who we are other than Sunday morning, Monday nights, you know, helping some young kid um, <clears throat> get 500 boxes, you know, doing the mats matters. All this stuff that we do that nobody sees, nobody knows about, but that's that character that we have when nobody's watching. And it takes a lifetime to build that kind of a character. We don't want a reputation that can happen real quick, but a character takes a lifetime to happen. And I think um, genuine, genuine, genuinely confident churches um, aren't ashamed of the, of the gospel. Amen? Um, they're not ashamed of the gospel. It's, um, it's of Romans 117. I want to write that down. I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, for it is full of grace and peace and hope. We don't have anything to hide, to lie about in this church, I pray, because of our integrity. Another characteristic is being dependable. And that's in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 14. Being dependable. People, it says, people who promise things that they never give are like clouds and winds that bring no rain. That bring no rain. People can respect churches best when the church does what it says. Now, when I say that to you, what do we say as a church here? What do we say um, and, and what, do we, what do we yell out to this LaGrange community and around. It's important for us to understand that, that we, we always are talking about being this lighthouse. Being this lighthouse on the circle and there for anybody that's in trouble to come. <clears throat> we proclaim that we are that church that, that helps people when they're having problems and need something. And I'm sure we miss that. Don't, don't we miss it, the mark sometimes? We miss the mark when somebody needs something, but our, our focus is here to help them, no matter what it is. And a lot of times we have no idea of all the people that we've helped, especially, you know, with maths and all this stuff that's going on. Um, we've had a rough week with people needing um, uh, nothing more than prayers. Um, it's just crazy, friends. And, and this is in our, our um, deep-seated people who've been coming here forever. Um, you know, and, and, and now um, Dorothy is struggling and, and having problems. This church, they need to know this church cares. Diane came over to me this morning and, and said, Mom's not well, and, and we're thinking we went... We want you. We want this church. It's not me. It's this church. I think she, I think she helped start this thing uh, that many years ago. No, I better not say that again. I was thinking 150 years ago, but 
you know, but her family was very important in this in this foundation of this church, wasn't it? And they come here, come here because when you're in need, if there's a place to go, you hope that you can go to the to the lighthouse that's on the on the circle. Amen. It's also known, I think, that in this community that we are seeking to grow in Christ. Not in numbers, but in Christ. And I think that helps people understand and respect who we are. There's a third one. It's called living with purpose. That's in Psalm, uh, or Proverbs chapter 14, verse 22. The psalmist says, You will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for good. We need goals, in other words. People, now, gosh, if you don't hear anything, I, I would pray that you'd hear this. People want to follow churches who chase after worthwhile, Christ-centered causes. Did you all hear that? Um, people want to follow churches who chase after um, worthwhile, listen to this, Christ-centered causes. We just proved that we do that with Elijah and so many other things going on in our world that we've taken care of and helped. We can't solve all the problems, but we can take care of the ones that are come right into our lab that God puts there for a purpose. If we want to be people... that help others follow LaGrange Church. We need to make sure always that we're setting and leading them to eternal goals, not temporary things that just take care of the fix. Amen? That's important for us to understand, I think. Let me, I, there's so much more I want to say, but I have, I have other things I need to go. Let's go to number four, uh, a characteristic there. Is out of um, our psalm today, 112, verse 9. Um, talks about generosity. And give um, generously, it says, to the needy, and, and the kindness never fails. And they will be powerful and respected. In other words, I think if we listen to that psalm real close and understand it in this context that I'm giving it to you, is we don't honor churches for what they receive. Did you get that? We don't honor churches for what they receive. I was serving a large church one time, and and uh, I'm sorry, Fred. I was serving a church one time, and uh, and uh, there was about 500 members coming every 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 week, and we had 800 on the books, and it was a large church, and they had a fancy, huge pipe organ, a pipe organ, and and. Uh, uh, it, like everything was going by the wayside, so they sold that big old pipe organ and bought an electronic one. Five keyboards, you know, and banks of buttons to push, and, and it sounded just like a pipe organ, but not quite. And this church sat on this big corner, and there was a little tiny house on, that, on the edge of that parking lot, a little brick bungalow with a porch on it that the the saint that lived there left her Christmas tree up year-round. She would vacuum it. 
suck the things off of them and put them back on, you know, one of those things, the, uh, the ornaments. I visit her quite a bit as I'd be out running around, you know, and stop and see her out. I'd stop and talk with her. She never stepped foot in that church. She never stepped foot in that church, which was a parking lot away. We don't honor churches for what they receive. We honor them for what they give away. What they gave to this lady was every Sunday, every Sunday what they gave to that lady was the gift of music. And she loved it. She told me quite often, get rid of that electronic organ and get back to a pipe organ. She said, I like that a lot better. And I said, I know, honey. Everybody in that, matter of fact, they would mention her every once in a while in worship and may uh, Dorothy hear this, this piece of music, you know, and stuff like that. And they, they did cantatas and bells and everything. Well, when she died, she said, I want to give back to the church that gave me the great music. And a girl who had never set her foot in that church gave her a state of 400,000 or so, but it was with a stipulation. You know what it was, don't you? If you buy a pipe organ, you can use the money towards this. So they sold the big old electronic thing and bought, because the pipes were all there. Um, it was the organ part that they only got, they got rid of. So all the leathers got replaced in the new base, you know, and everything. I don't know anything about it, but it was all there, and it was all paid for by a woman who never stepped in the church, but was blessed because of what they gave. Yeah. Let me give you the fifth one. It's called faithfulness. I think that's a characteristic that's powerful that we need to do. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, um, verse 4, 5, and 6. If you want favor both with God and man, and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. In everything you do, put God first. And then he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Oh my, my. I think if we hear anything here this morning, we need to understand that the characteristic that is really powerful, that umbrellas all of them, is knowing Jesus Christ and having our faith based in him so that when, when things happen, when, when anything happens... Do you remember 9-11? I don't know how it was here. But 9-11, that day, that day, and that whole week and the next month, the church was full. Anytime we did it, we had prayer services almost every night, the church was full. And the people needed that right at that. We need to be faithful then when there's tragedy. Uh, I, I remember reading Barnaba who's, uh, Barna who said uh, that um, the church uh, only matters to people when there's issues in their life. And you have to grab a hold of that when he says that because right today most people only come to church when... There's an issue in their life. Non-churchgoers. Not us who come every Sunday and are, are focused in on this. 
But those people, there are people that, that come to churches that they heard are people they can respect and people they can go to and, and not be judged. You know, I, I always say to people, why would we insult somebody by saying to them, see, the roof didn't fall in. That's the dumbest thing to say to somebody that's not been to church. Oh, I guess I'm not going back there. I don't want to be insulted anymore. You know? Gosh. People come because they... Mrs. Pudwell and... and oh, let me tell you this quick story. We, we don't have time. Um, I went down to Haiti. It was the second time, and I met this woman, Mrs. Pudwell, and, and she was a, a certified nurse at that time, and, and um, she had been there for 12 years and been in this community, and they knew her, and they knew that she could do much more than the witch doctors could. But, you know, every, everybody there... Every person in that community would go to the witch doctor, give them all their money, give them their chickens, give them their pigs, give them everything to help them heal their, their son or their daughter or their wife or whomever. And then they would come to Mrs. Pudwell. When they, were, they had no more money, they had nothing, they would come to her because they were at their last wit's end. And they knew who she was. Her reputation was well known. And that they would have to hear about Jesus Christ. But they would come when they needed it. And that's what we need to be faithful so that people can come when they need it. All right, I'm going to quit real quick, but we, I need to give you a test first, okay? I think there's many more characteristics. I, I did have seven down here, but I skipped two today. I think there's many more characteristics of the church um, that we need to be focused in on. And so I want to, I, I, late last night, I'm thinking, God, you're a little bit weird, but that's okay. I think I wrote down 12 more characters, 12 more characteristics that are important for us. And I think it, we need to understand how important they are. So I'm going to read these characteristics off to you, 12 of them. And when I read them off to you, I want you to just take a pause, take a pause and here's the test. One being not good, ten being good. Rate yourself. Rate yourself on how you do with that characteristic. Okay? And then you can add up your points at the end. There's only 12 of them. You don't have to add them up. Let me give them to you. How do you rate yourself when you're talking about telling the truth? One being good, ten be or one being bad, ten being good. How do you rate yourself about not telling lies, but about telling the truth? Okay, here's another one. How are you doing keeping your word? Saying you'll do something and then following through. One being bad, ten being good. How do you do um, about showing up on time, being there when people need you? How, do you? how are you there? One being bad, ten being good. Inter you know, and anywhere in between there. You know, five, six, seven, eight. Um, internet browsing. Think about it. How are you doing on your internet browsing? 
you'd be bored with mine. Here's the, here's the characteristic I think the church needs. It's called conversation. How are you, how are you with talking to others? about Christ. Just a couple more. How about giving? Not just giving in your money, but giving in your time and your talents and, and your, your um, um, presence. How are you doing there? One, being bad. Ten, being good. Helping others. How are you doing there, friends? Helping others. How would you rate yourself of being willing to inconvenience yourself to help someone else? Hmm. Here's one, too. Number 10, managing your emotions. Boy, this is where I'd probably be a little bit low. Maybe minus 10. You know, dealing with anger... Self-bitterness, pride, arrogance, patience. How are you doing there? How about uh, this characteristic of respecting others? Treating people with dignity. Think about it. One being bad, ten being good, and anywhere in between. How are you doing there? How about your prayer life? These are easy to mark down, aren't they? Bible study. How are you doing with your Bible study? Well, you can put down one real quick or ten real quick, can't you? Or five in the middle. How about worship? And I'm not talking about this morning, just this morning. I'm talking about worship every day of your lives. Seeking more of Christ in your life every day. How are you doing with that? So the question I ask, and you got your figures all added up and everything, it's a, a tough test. The question I ask at the beginning is, how do we become a church that people respect and want to come to? And why did I just give you a test on that? The answer is, if you don't know it, because the church is not this building. It's not that building. The church is... Somebody say it. You. Me. We are the church. And all those characteristics, all 17 of them with the five I gave you, all 17 of them tells us community who we are sitting here. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for challenging us this morning to become that church that you want us to be, one that lifts up your son, one that cares for the people in this community and around the world. We're challenged, Lord, to do something with all 17 of these characteristics. Help us, is our prayer, to put ourselves aside and follow you closely. Help us to seek to have more of you in our life every day as a church, as individuals. We pray this in your son's name today. Amen.
All right, now we don't want to leave without singing this last song. My favorite song in the